0: Welcome to Aquifer's Educator Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Robbins. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Amit Pahwa about Aquifer's recently released Foundations of Telemedicine course. The course was designed to prepare students for clinical experiences that include telemedicine and to meet the needs of educators who are looking for high-quality learning tools they can use to teach their students how to practice telemedicine. We'll discuss what's covered in the course and how you might incorporate it into your educational program. Dr. Pahwa is Associate Professor of Medicine and Pediatrics at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. His educational leadership roles include Director of Topics in Interdisciplinary Medicine, High Value Healthcare, Director of the Internal Medicine Sub-Internship Rotation at the Johns Hopkins Hospital and Associate Director of the Core Clerkship in Pediatrics. At Aquifer, he is the Teaching and Learning Lead of Aquifer High Value Care and Editor-in-Chief of the Aquifer Foundations of Telemedicine course. I first learned about his commitment to teaching telemedicine skills when I read an academic medicine article he co-authored The article presents evidence of the benefits of incorporating telemedicine content into medical education. Well, it's so good to finally meet you. I read your article in Academic Medicine, and I am so excited to speak with you about your work in the development of Aquifer's Foundations of Telemedicine course.
1: Thanks, Lynn, and it's a pleasure meeting you, too. I've enjoyed listening um, to some of your podcasts for Aquifer, and I'm glad that we're able to now, after you know, many months of hard work, um, be able to feature telemedicine this, because I, I think it's an important thing. You know, we've been integrating this in my own school, and I know many schools around the United States are also looking at ways to know how to teach this or have things that they can, you know, integrate into their own curriculum already established. And our students are not going to walk out of medical school with at least having to do it once. I hope more than once, but at least once they'll have, you know, um, done a telemedicine visit.
0: So tell me a little bit about your involvement in developing Aquifer's Foundations of Telemedicine course.
1: It was a lot of fun. Now there's a need for teaching telemedicine and all of a sudden now medical students are doing telemedicine, whether it be by choice or they had to because their preceptors were doing it and they still need to get clinical experience. And we were finding huge gaps in many parts of it. And you know we found that really struggling with a lot of the elements of it. And so Uh, when this came up, was like, yes, I'd like to be part of this because I want to eventually use it. And I've had kind of the experience of thinking about it through the four years of medical school and like where it fits in now with them being done. Faculty can say, you know what? I don't need to teach you about this stuff. Here is a few modules, do them on your own time. And then when you get to clinical environment, you you have those already based and you don't have to do that stuff. Or we don't have to spend time in the curriculum lecturing to you about it.
0: And in your paper, you presented evidence showing that teaching students how to practice telemedicine really improves their performance. Tell me about that.
1: You know, as a clerkship director, you know, one of my roles is I'm the associate clerkship director of PEDS. And at the end of medical school, for every LCME accredited medical school, as you may know, they have to take a clinical skills exam. And it was to mostly kind of prepare them for step 2CS when that was still a test and in it, there was a case as a father calling, um, saying that their one-year-old is vomiting, what should I do? And when I graded, the first year I graded the case, I was like, oh my gosh, these students really don't know what they're doing. They're ordering all sorts of stuff, doing sort of, and when clearly the child was not, I was sick, but not sick enough to need to come to the emergency department or the hospital. It could, it could be managed at home. And when I went to the um, director of our test, I said, well, why, you know, they're doing so poorly, like, what's the problem? And he said, well, I know we're not teaching them it. And I like, you know what? We aren't.
0: So if telemedicine isn't taught, your students aren't going to know what to do. Right. So then you added a lecture about telemedicine to your clerkship.
1: It was awesome. I had data before I did the class, and now I have data after I did the class. And we found, um, you know, that they did better overall and mostly keeping the kid at home. Uh, you know, the students before didn't know how to keep the kid home. And now they kept it home, didn't order as many tests. Um, you know, the students were still fairly good about taking history because some of that still is about the same. But knowing how to manage a child that's um, potentially dehydrated at home, um, something they didn't know how to do. Uh, and so that was, uh, I think, one of my, that was my first paper in academic medicine. I was so proud of it.
0: You should be proud. So now let's talk about the Aquifer course. You in, the, you've created these four modules right. uh, in the in the aquifer telemedicine course, and w- they include an overview, and then what?
1: And then um, history building or history taking, as we have used to call it, um, a physical exam, um, and then when to uh, escalate care and saying that you know telemedicine is not appropriate anymore for this patient. They need a, a some type of in person care at this point. Um, and so there's videos of the physical exam. There are videos of um, building a history and, and using your telemedicine skills and building what we call, what the Stanford calls your telepresence. Um, and then also knowing how to talk to a patient and say, well, this is not the appropriate venue to use anymore, right? You need to go to the emergency department or you need to come see me in clinic. So we did use a lot of videos, um, keeping in mind that also our videos are not that long. So they weren't meant to be like fully comprehensive videos. Like this is how to do a musculoskeletal exam. It's a very short video. And then we said, you know what? If you're interested more, here's a link. Go here and you can watch more, do more if you please.
0: And then at what point in your curriculum would you assign these videos to your students?
1: My goal in this would be to introduce it to our students before they start their clinical rotations. And when they, they'll get that, and they're like, maybe then in the middle of clinical rotations, like, you know what? I remember that. Muscle Skeletal exam. Or I remember that there was some videos in there that I didn't really use or look at at the time. Now I can go back and look at it because I need to know that for tomorrow, or I need to review that from what I did today.
0: So giving them some just-in-time resource. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because you know, I think there's an element to reading a little bit, but knowing like, can I go back to something and not have to go through the whole part? Right? Can I just like dive into the part that I need, real quick? Um, and be able to reuse that again or or relearn it, right? Space learning is another opportunity to build memory.
0: So this also um, now aligns with the AAMC's new competencies for telemedicine.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so when Sherilyn um, created the great learning objectives that she did, she actually just used those kind of competencies to create the learning objectives.
0: Okay, so that was very intentional. Sherilyn Smith, Aquifer's chief academic officer, wrote the learning objectives with the WMC's competencies in mind. Which of those skills or competencies have you seen students really struggling to master?
1: I think the part that really we all struggle with, that we all miss a little bit, was the element of the physical exam. Mm-hmm. And how, do you, how do you adapt that? For example, the one thing my wife had to deal a lot with is, um, you know, as a pediatrician, is you know, ear aches, right? And you, you worry about ear infections. How do you diagnose that when someone's at their house and you're at their house and you don't have an otoscope to look in their ears? Right. It may just take us back to the era of when we didn't have that many tools or diagnostics to diagnose things and we really had to rely off our gut intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's where, you know, some of the, I guess, competencies of telemedicine come, rely on the data that you can get. It, it, if all you can get is like a blood sugar, a temperature, and a heart rate, well, that's all you're going to get. And if all you can do is have the patient lift a can of soda in order to determine their shape, that's all you're going to get. And be able to rely on that more than you know if you have them in person.
0: So it's a reminder to listen yeah. carefully, to yeah. ask the right questions, yeah. and to work with what you've got.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes back to what medicine always was, right? It, it, yes, we have fancy PET scans and stuff now these days, but really it's the story, and we should be using the story to kind of help us figure out what's going on with the patient.
0: So this really it dovetails nicely with your high-value care perspective, yeah. doesn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it saves money all around, right, because the patient doesn't have to come in, um, you know, often the charges for these are not as much as if the charges were in a hospital setting or something. like that.
0: But then you really have to, I mean, the crux seems to be making that decision about, okay, this is not appropriate for telehealth. Now I need to, to tell you to come in.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, it's like any part of medicine, right? Recognizing the emergency when it's there. Um, And I use the word emergency a little bit loosely in that, um, you know, just recognizing when something needs more care. What clues again can you get from the patients? The way they look, right? If you have a video, the way they're talking on the phone, if it's a phone, the way their caregiver is talking, um, can give you clues so that this is not right and they need to more they need a healthcare setting.
0: The design features of the course seem important as well. So it's modular, it includes videos, it's also ready-made. So not everybody has to recreate the wheel.
1: Right. And and honestly, Lynn, I mean you you told me before you're uh you know you did a lot of work in education. Like I think to me, this is just like telemedicine is the way we're gonna start taking care of patients in some aspects. This is also the way we're gonna educate students and, and residents and any type of learners. They're not going to be sitting in, you know, big lecture halls of 400 people anymore or um, you know, listening to some professor drag on for an hour about something. Like they're really they're out of this generation where um, they want these bite-sized kind of like, I want a little bit now and a little bit later and a little bit later, and maybe I'll come back to it. And right. it's totally appropriate. Like, I, I think they should, should be able to access this education anytime they feel ready for it.
0: Well, and I think more and more, we're just demanding um, a more value added in our <laughs> face-to-face interactions. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to sit and listen to somebody recap a chapter for me. But if I can go into a classroom and have a face-to-face discussion about the concepts that I didn't understand, or run through problems that will help me understand the concepts, that will be helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I, been, you know, kind of flipped classroom model that you're talking about, right? I, that's where we envision these things being used, right? You do these modules before, and then you know, for example, in our um, primary care clerkship, you're coming in and you're doing a video visit that's you know watched by a standardized patient and they're giving you feedback on it so you're applying those concepts you learn in those uh, in those modules
0: right and that will give me the ability then to go forward and actually use the gold standard for example that i just watched in aquifer in my own practice right So thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today about the aquifer telemedicine course. I think you've really given us a lot to think about.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, Lynn, thanks uh, to you and the aquifer team for having me today. I really hope that uh, this was able to kind of whet people's appetite for our telemedicine courses. um, And I hope that uh, people find them very helpful. And, you know, we also look forward to feedback on these. These are something that's new and they're not static, uh, as we know. Everything in medicine shouldn't be static and should be always changing for the better.
0: Thanks for joining us this week for Aquifer's Educator Connection podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion about Aquifer's Foundations of Telemedicine course. Cases are available to all teachers and learners. You don't need an Aquifer subscription to take advantage of this resource. As Amit described, you can use the cases to fit the time you have available and they're well suited for using as pre-work for classroom session or as an independent activity. The short focused videos are great preparation for students and help them to build confidence. And importantly, the course has been developed by teams of expert educators. You don't have to figure out your own content or search for quality videos. The work is done. To learn more about this resource, See the show notes from today's episode at aquifer.org. There you can also find information about our podcast series, our Teaching Perspectives and Pearls blog, and our webinar and web shops. You can subscribe and listen to the series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter to keep up with the latest news. While you're at it, If you found value in the podcast, tell a colleague and leave us a review. Until next time, be well. The
1: Aquifer Educator Connection Podcast is a product of Aquifer, your trusted source for clinical learning. It is produced and hosted by Lynn Robbins. The show's executive producer is Eileen Olszewski. Audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Show artwork by Carrie Waters. Our theme music, Little Idea, is written and performed by Scott Holmes. For more information, please visit our website,
0: www.aquifer.org.